Welcome back to the Wasteland Podcast. I'm your host, Rama Puada. I'm Matt Craig. The second host. I, I prefer the term. I prefer the term co-host. Co-host. Second, <laughs> second host means I'm lower. Okay, I'm a co-host. Co-host Matt Craig. Wasteland is a podcast about young adult life in the big city. In a big city. Representing big, Dublin City. Dublin City. You, so, know what's, you know what's embarrassing? What? When you talk to people who aren't from Dublin about, you know, moving to the city, you know, it's so the big. And, and then they go, yeah, it's kind of small though, isn't it? It's real embarrassing. People from outside of Dublin? Yeah, man. Like like Rome or like India. Oh, I thought, like, you're talking about, I thought you were talking about people in Ireland. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, no, we're a small city. No, yeah, but for Ireland, we're big. 20% of our population lives in Dublin. I think it's even more, man. Roughly. There's only four. There's only like four million people in Dublin, there's in like, Ireland. There's like five in the. There's like five, isn't there? It's four million. Well, twenty-five percent <laughs> of our population is in Dublin, <laughs> the Greater Dublin area. Okay, so let's get right into it. So last week, our not last week, so two weeks ago when we dropped our first episode, we decided we decided to talk about careers, and um, it's pretty cool. But now we want to also go on and talk about other stuff that affects the young adult life. So our topic today is going to be on imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. You said that just like an imposter. <laughs> Questioningly. <laughs> like a waste man imposter. But yeah, so we're going to talk about imposter syndrome and what it entails and how it affects us, especially in our society and within our age group. Yeah, our generation. Mm, mm, yeah. I mean, I think I don't think it's necessarily a generational thing. I think it's everyone has to deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, so what's imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome. It's like um, I'd say it's like when you're, it's how you feel about yourself when you're doing something. So you may it's kind of also linked to your identity. Okay. So you kind of get this feeling when you're like, comes with a lot of comparison against other people who are also doing similar things as you are. Right. So like you can be, let's say. You could be a teacher. No, no, that's not a great example. Nothing wrong with the teachers. But you could be like, let's say for myself, you could be like a, a filmmaker. Uh-huh. And then sometimes you end up comparing yourself to a lot of people. Right. And you start feeling like an imposter, even though you're in the field, you're working yeah. in it. Yeah. And you feel like an imposter because maybe you're not, feel like you're not doing as great work as others, yeah. or you feel like you didn't put in as much mm-hmm. work and you're a different So level. it's basically feeling like you don't, belong somewhere like you haven't earned the right to be somewhere yeah or to be doing something okay sure yeah okay why did you pick imposter syndrome <clears throat> um mainly when so when i was planning this podcast i was like how should we structure it and like i believe this week or the next week we're going it's going to be halloween mm-hmm. so i felt like imposter syndrome kind of fitted in with the halloween theme but it's also something that i think i've been feeling myself as well is that because people dress up no there you go man you're a genius I'm just asking. I'm just asking. It yeah, was, it was no. Okay, cool. cool yeah, because cool. people dress up. So cool. I was like, let's put the link in there. Being an imposter, dressing up, Halloween. You know what? This week's episode is going to be on imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Have you ever dressed up? <laughs> have I ever dressed up? Have you ever dressed up? I have. That's what? Many things before, but like I remember one time I was at a. So it was like a. <laughs> I was at a, a dress up party. Uh-huh. So I was like about eight or something. Okay. And so. There was a prize. Okay. Thankfully, I won. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> prize for what? The best dress? Best dress. Okay. But the, bear in mind, this was the only costume we had in the house at the time. Okay. What was it? <laughs> I dressed up as Santa Claus. 
first of all, yeah. Why did you have a Santa Claus costume for an eight-year-old in your house? <laughs> Why? I don't know. Why, man? I don't think it even fit me. I think it was just there. Okay, you know? okay, so, okay. But you won. But I won, so like Black Santa. Black Santa. Okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, <laughs> have you ever dressed up? The only thing I do is basketball player. I just wear basketball shorts and bring a basketball. It's low effort because I don't really care. Man, sometimes sometimes people in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're that type of person that doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm not an imposter. Okay, but have you ever felt like an imposter? Yes, definitely. I think I think two two main places. One in university, because um, hmm. I was around a lot of really smart people, um, and some people like studied math, and so some people just naturally like eat, sleep, drink, breathe math. It's just like the easiest thing for them, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of those kind of people. Um, and so then you get to a point of like thinking, well, oh man, do it like. They're like so much better at this than me. Yeah. Um, you know, should I be studying here? Are my professors going to find out that you know I'm actually not as good at this as other people? And you, and then you start doing, you start, you start thinking like that, right? And I think mm-hmm. there's, I, I've learned to think through that. And there's two things that come to mind. One, if you're in a particular field, chances are, chances are, you're already compared to the average person and obviously comparison is dangerous but compared to the average person you're probably at a better standard yeah so one and you have to keep that in mind and two i learned it's not about one of the things that helps me it's not about like what you do compared to other people or, or how you measure up to other people okay it's about like is is what you have or is your ability enough right mm. so if you want to be a filmmaker to use your example um you're probably not going to be the greatest filmmaker to ever live because they're going to be one of those, right? But um, are you talented enough or do you have enough ability to do what you want to do, which is to tell people stories, right? And so when you stop thinking about it from the perspective of being, you know, uh, at the absolute top of the game, Mm -hmm. right? And obviously it's good to strive for excellence and all these things, but and you start thinking about it, well, do I have enough to do what I want to do and what I want to accomplish? That kind of shifts your perspective from constantly comparing yourself against other people and actually comparing yourself to what you're actually doing. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I think people mentioned comparison. Comparison is a big thing and that also kind of, like, fuels the thoughts of being an imposter. Especially with our generation, we're in this whole place of social media. Uh We're in a place where there's a lot of information and then we're like, we start to compare and see things. So that's how I feel like it's a way of how imposter syndrome kind of looms within our generation is that we're so exposed to everything that we mm. can kind of see that we're not the best you know you're when well, you're not the best but or you're not as good as others okay now what you when you say imposter syndrome in terms of social media what do you mean <laughs> by that because i've never felt imposter syndrome on social media i've definitely compared myself but i've never felt like an imposter an imposter um i think in terms of social media you can be like sometimes you feel I feel like you could be an imposter through social media when you're not showing your full self okay you get what I mean is that is that being an imposter though or is that putting on a front it's not the same thing though I don't mm, mm, perhaps I guess yeah because like my struggle with social media is that yeah it show you the great parts of my life but then there's a, like I'm not showing you the downside of my life and I feel like it kind of gives off that look to other people that I'm only doing great stuff and that I've only done such and such things whereas 99% of the time there's a, there's been the, the lows where 
dude I'm just I'm just in Dublin it's grey outside it's in November I'm not in the States in the sunny weather okay you know okay and that kind of I feel like that kind of feeds feeds into your imposter syndrome that you feel like you kind of need to keep putting up this show that this is what you do but like there's other stuff right. part of it okay so that's probably where that's our personal differences because for me I wouldn't feel the need to like put on a show on so I, I, get, I get what you mean you definitely want to put your best foot forward yeah. you don't want to you don't show most people don't show the bad parts of life on social media no. but I've never felt like an imposter like I don't belong there right <laughs> the areas I would have felt like impostership is is more in like actual areas where you're doing specific skills and yeah. where and places where there's like you need to have certain skills to get ahead like in work or in college yeah is, is that it's you feel like you don't have a right to belong there you feel like you haven't earned your place there Hmm. I, th- I think anyway but that's that's just that's just my experience okay so do you deal with that then in term in your career <clears throat> yeah how, how do you deal with that how i career? deal with it to try like fight or combat this imposter feeling i try to like stay, keep educated okay sure so i try to educate myself like whether that be through reading books whether it be that i have to learn through videos mm-hmm. do some online courses watch some master classes i just always try to mm-hmm. educate myself so that I feel like no I'm not an imposter if you know why because I'm actually putting in somewhere mm. to mm. be where I want to be and to be to have like to say that yeah I deserve to be here because I put in a bit of work so I'm trying to combat that imposter syndrome in that way okay cool yeah. how about you what, what would you say yeah I think a similar thing I think I think you you again you can look at people and go oh they're, they're so much more talented there's so much they have so much more experience than me um, and you can sit around there and kind of say well that's that and kind of just you know middle your life away or you can go and decide to improve Um, i think that's one of the advantages not the advantages of it but i think that's something if you feel like you're an imposter you can use that as incentive to grow Mm -hmm. Um, i think something that's really interesting again because i work in tech a lot of my examples come from um, engineers and developers but uh, i remember once there's this big thing on twitter because um, this gets brought up quite a lot, especially with regards to, say, women in tech, because they often feel like imposters, right? Um, right? Because there's such a low percentage of them there. Um, and there's this big thing on Twitter where there's a lot of really accomplished engineers at a lot of the big companies were, were tweeting and giving examples of things that, that they did, right? So that you, know, you might look down upon. So one of them was like, oh, every time I want to do this particular thing, I have to Google the syntax, or I have to Google the code words. And, you know, if you were to think, oh, a big distinguished engineer at a big company shouldn't have, shouldn't be doing that, you wouldn't think that. But then they're, they're, they're coming forward and saying, look, I'm like, people are normal. We forget things all the time. We make mistakes all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that's really helpful in combating it. So when people are open and honest about it and saying, hey, no one's perfect. And I think that's something good to keep in mind as, as, as you go, go forward in your career, I go forward in my career, is not being not projecting an aura of perfection yeah. and not being afraid to, sh- to show they make mistakes because that helps other mm-hmm. people too, right? Exactly. Like I think when I first got my first, well, my second job in in the media field, like I felt like I needed to know everything. Mm. But then after a week or two, I decided, you know, um, it doesn't matter if I have to ask my, mm. my, mm. my manager or yeah. like somebody who's above me for a bit of help because that's the way we learn that's exactly what we exactly yeah. by asking yeah. people about yeah. help. i think it feeds into that whole thing about humility where uh, there's this really cool book called ego is the enemy and then the guy looks at like successful people who who have been humble mm-hmm. um and obviously there's been successful people who haven't been but he, he points at these successful people that have been humble and 
uh, looks at, and the one key thing is that they're always willing to learn. So whenever they make a mistake, yeah. whether it's at the start of their of their journey or near the end of the journey, they're always willing to to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think a lot of the people who are successful you just don't hear about are, are those people who are constantly learning, and they're not screaming their names from the rooftop because they're not concerned with all that kind of stuff. They're concerned with keeping learning. Yeah. Right. So I just <clears throat> I think there's two things you can take from what you just said there. I think the part, the first part is the a way to combat imposter syndrome would be to learn, right? Uh-huh. So when you're learning, you're you're kind of you're like you're combating against yeah. that feeling yeah. of imposter syndrome. So yeah, and you do that in your spare time, like you do that in in private. Mm. So you don't need to kind of like shout it out to people that mm. you're. Oh, look at me! I'm learning the best. Yeah. So so yeah. so that kind of helps you to like get rid of that feeling uh-huh. so but i think part of it is to understand like to know that you're feeling like an imposter yeah when you know that you're feeling being like aware impo- of it being aware of it you get to actually take steps towards kind of getting over it sure and would you kind of also say that when you feel like an imposter you're kind of would it not be a way of knowing that you you were doing something right uh possibly maybe, maybe it's a sign that you're maybe out of your comfort zone which is not always a bad thing and it's mm-hmm. often a good yeah. thing so perhaps that yeah um, and I think it probably I'm guessing it's something that does go away over time as you begin to get more experience in the field you begin to be able to make contributions at the same level as those around you right yeah, so your, it's your not confidence grows. yes your conf- I think that's probably it it's a confidence thing right mm-hmm. as opposed to to an actual ability thing for sure um, I think something that's really interesting and kind of relevant to this is this thing called the the Dunning-Kruger effect it's some psychology thing if you remember <coughs> Maybe. Okay. Explain. So basically, it's this whole hypothesis. I don't know if it's just a hypothesis. I think there's studies done in it where people who maybe aren't so gifted with an ability mm-hmm. um, think of themselves as better than they actually are, right? Okay. And then people who are, who are who are good at something often underestimate themselves by comparing themselves to others. Mm. And it's just it's really interesting to see um, and you'll see it in life and I'm sure I've fallen into it at the same time you probably fall into yeah. it at certain points where sometimes people who, who aren't so good think think they're great and think they're amazing and I'm, yeah I can think of several people I know that, that and I've done it myself I've thought you know wow I'm really I'm really good at this thing yeah. it turns out no I'm actually not and then you have areas where maybe you are you are good at something but you're you're underestimating yourself mm-hmm. right and there's that like weird misbalance where people who aren't capable but that seems to be like a recurring trip like it's always like the person that feels like is like confident mm. but like or is loud okay i don't think confidence is the right word but thinks mm. thinks themselves as the best at it or mm. very good at arrogant, it but arrogant yeah. and then usually the person that's a bit like a bit meek or yeah. a bit more humble or whatever mm. or mm. doesn't feel as confident in, in themselves and their mm. abilities mm. that's the person that would feel the imposter syndrome because they're comparing themselves to yeah yeah, and, and again, that's where it's not not that not the feeling like an imposter is good, but that's one of the good outcomes of it yeah. is that you have a drive to. Now, obviously, you need to do it in a healthy way, mm-hmm. but you have a drive to uh, to continually improve. Really good example of this. So, I've been watching, I've been watching the Great British Bake Off. The Great British Bake Off. The Great British Bake Off. So, so my better half is into it, and I said I'd watch it. And then Great Cuffin season, aren't you? Huh? Cuffin season. Great TV show. I've just gotten into it, man. I've just gotten into it, right? <laughs> but there's this girl called called Steph, right? And she's won Star Baker three, three weeks in a row, right? Okay. She's got like the handshake from Paul Hollywood. Who's Paul Hollywood? He's the, he's he's the guy. He's a scary man. But anyway, so, <laughs> so she's like she's like she's like um, she's like very clearly 
at the top of the pack. But then when you see her, when she's baking, you see her in her, in her interviews, she's not at all, oh yeah, I got Star Baker three, mm. three weeks in a row. I think it's only been done one another time in the whole period of the show. She's very much like, like I could be out next week. Um, and she's, she's like, she's, you can see her, she's like throwing herself into it and she's not letting that get to her head. Yeah. Right. And I think that's such, it's such a good example of someone who is capable and is finding the balance between they're not saying, oh, I'm terrible, but they're not also going, oh yeah, I've got this easy. Right. Mm-hmm. And because she's doing that, she, 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 she's pushing herself. You can see she's trying harder and harder things, mm. but she's not biting off more than she can chew. She's not getting arrogant with it. And so that, that's a good example of when you are good at something, but you also have the humility to know that you can still make mistakes and you still more to learn. Yeah. I think when you're walking in that, in that like, I don't know, area or when you're walking in that line, yeah, yeah. You're walking in that lane, that's such a good area to be in because you're going to be improving, but you're not going to be like, you know, beating yourself up all the time as well. I like that. Mm, it's I cool. Like that. mm. That's good. What season is that now? This is season maybe, maybe seven. The Great British Bake Off. Great British Bake Off. Man, pe- people make cakes. I don't. I don't know and stuff. I don't know how they do it. Well, I'm telling you, there's people that are good cooks, people that can make good drinks, and people mm-hmm. that can bake. Man, people that can bake is nice. It's a good skill to have. Yeah. It's a good skill to have. But dude, I think that was a good, a nice way to kind of wrap up everything. Mm-hmm. It's like about imposter syndrome. Like I think we all feel it, mm-hmm. and it's not a bad thing to feel. It. Don't like you shouldn't feel ashamed that you mm-hmm. kind of have a bit of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But no, be be able to be aware of yourself, be aware yeah. of your surroundings, who you're yeah. around. And also have a bit of confidence in your own skill mm. and your ability. Mm-hmm. And yeah. be able to walk in your lane. That's good. That's good. So, man, what are we going into next? We're going into what that word mean is. Okay, okay. So, do you want to give them a little explainer of what this is about? What that word mean is, is it's like it's like the dictionary of life from, from Matt and Ron's perspective. <laughs> right? Uh, so, what we do is I give Ron a word, he gives me a word, and we have to describe a situation that encapsulates that word. Mm-hmm. From our own experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first? Relax. Give me my word. Give okay. Me my okay. Word. Your word <coughs> is tragic. Tragic. So I've been trying to think of a of a way to relate to this word, but I think how to describe it. So what that word means is, is you know when you're eating something, right? Uh-huh. So you just you just came out of a McDonald's or uh-huh. or a done store. So that's the, the case happened to myself. Yeah. So I'm just there. I bought I bought some. Uh, actually, I didn't buy. Matt bought me some cocktail uh-huh. sausages. So I'm there eating sausages from the bag, right? So I'm going up the elevator, and um, I'm just like swaying my hands as I do with a bit of swagger. <laughs> <laughs> you played yourself. I played myself. So what happens? I'm not paying attention. So I get up to the top of the elevator and I drop so I drop a sausage. Like I was going to eat it and everything, and when it drops, and you kind of want to just go back and just pick it up and eat it, but you can't because there's people around you. People are watching you. People are watching you. You got to be an upstanding citizen. Yeah. In that moment when you can't pick it back up and eat it, that's a tragic. It's moment. tragic. Have you ever walked down the street and you see like 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 a like a bucket of fast food just spread out across the pavement? Yeah. And you just know someone had a bad day. It's mm. terrible. I was walking. I was walking on Grafton Street. It's like one of the main streets in Dublin. Oh. This last Sunday, it was Sunday morning, and I, I also went to McDonald's in the morning because sometimes you gotta treat yourself. You gotta have grace with yourself. Sometimes <laughs> you need McDonald's in the morning. I'm walking out. I got my hash brown in my right hand, and if you if you out in the open, I'm out in the open on right? Grafton Street. On Grafton Street in Dublin. And so I have a hypothesis, right? Okay. That in Dublin, at any point, if you look up. You're going, to see, you're going to see a seagull. No matter where you are in the city, if you look up, you'll see a seagull. And so I'm walking up Grafton Street, and, and this has happened to me before. So this is my own fault, but this seagull flies down from behind and knocks my hash brown out of my hand. 
Um, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like a full-grown seagull. It was like one of those baby ones. They're still big. Bro, They're seagulls, big. you know what seagulls are? What? They're like the cousin. They're like the waistline cousin of the eagle. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they, 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 see, they see the food. They see the uh-huh, burger. They uh-huh, see the hash brown. Uh-huh. They lock the eyes on it and they swoop down. And they think they're entitled to it. <laughs> <laughs> they think they run the city. Bro. I'm telling you, we've got a we got a bird problem. We got a bird. We got uh, we got a, a seagull problem, and we got a pigeon problem. But these pigeons are getting out of control. Man, those things are fat. <laughs> <laughs> they are though, man. They're plump and well fed. They ain't well fed by them. Oh man, them. I oh, do. Like I'll be on the Lewis. So I'll be I'll be at the Lewis stop waiting for waiting to get on the Lewis, uh-huh, right? Uh huh. And I just be there standing, mind my own business, uh-huh. listening to music, whatever. Uh-huh. And then a pigeon is just there walking around me, you uh-huh. know. And like there used to be a day, uh-huh. there used to be a time when a pigeon would walk towards me and then fly off or yeah, yeah. walk around me. Right? Yeah. These pigeons are actually literally walk, still walking. They're like we're having like a uh-huh. like a little battle here. Uh-huh. Who stays? Who stays? Like uh-huh. a game of chicken. Did you move? Of course I moved. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, these birds are getting entitled. Uh, yeah. Okay, so your word is. Yeah. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Exhausted. Exhausted. So what that word mean is, this is a personal experience. You may not have experienced this. Well, you probably have, but you know, not everyone has. But okay. you go out with some people. You know, they say let's go out, and and, and you just want to be social. Okay. Now I don't, mm-hmm. I don't I don't love a party. I don't love a I don't love a like a wild party in the club. You know, music louder than you can hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, people be drinking all over the place, and you sitting there with your diet coke. Okay, just <laughs> straw, right? But you out there, straw? yeah, because they give you the little glass bottles and oh, you give you the straw. What drink with the straw? What, what do you mean you drink with the straw? Force to drink with the straw. What am I gonna do? Like knock it back? Man, that's what a four-year-old does. Anyway, any, sorry. That's what a four-year-old does. Drink with a straw. Who ordered himself straws like two months ago? <laughs> <laughs> they were metal straws. They were metal straws, but they were still straws for a reason. For 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 my milkshakes. For what? For what? For, what? for my milkshakes. For milkshakes. <laughs> You brought straws so you can drink milkshakes with them, but you're going to give out to me for, for using a straw. Bro, you drink. know the struggle of trying to drink a milkshake with them paper straws from McDonald's? I don't. I don't. Just don't mm. use a paper straw. Just drink it from the cup. Oh, it's even it's a, it's a bigger struggle, bro. Okay. I've okay. tried it. Anyway, you, you're there. You're there in some club somewhere, and, uh, you know, ha- half, half your friends have gone dancing, and the other half have had a little bit too much to drink, and you're sitting there, and you look at your clock, and it's 1230. <laughs> And your bedtime was an hour ago, and you know what? Your friends ain't leaving this club in the next hour and a half. And you are exhausted at that point. Bro, you know how I know I'm old? How do you know? So, during the summer, a, a bunch of friends, they always used to go down to the 40 foot. Oh, yes, okay. Up and right. down the area, right? They'd jump off the cliff and Indeed. stuff Stuff that Indeed. I'm not going to do because, you know, like. I've, You're a sensible man. I'm a sensible man. I don't want to jump off a cliff, you know? Uh-huh. I'm going to be here for the band, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. But we were, we were in like Burger King, right? So, we we're just waiting for our food. I'm feeling tired, you know. Mm-hmm. Man. I'm like, I need to go to bed. I look at my, I look at my, uh, my watch. What, time, what, time was? what time was it? It's nine o'clock. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> uh, exhausted, man. Exhausted. But dude, so so that wraps up what that word mean is. What that word mean is. Next time we'll have a new word and some more stories. But before we let you go, we're gonna give you a few Wasteman recommendations. Uh-huh. These recommendations are based off some of the books or some of the pieces of content we've been reading or watching. So it could be a TV show, it could be a book, it could be a movie. So for my first recommendation for you guys is your first recommendation. My only recommendation only for this for today for this week is a new show on uh, Netflix called Rhythm Flow. 
it's actually pretty dope. Rhythm. Rhythm and flow. And flow. Okay. Yeah. So it's like another, it's a new, it's another one of these reality TV shows for music. Uh-huh. So it's kind of think like American, American Idol, X Factor. Uh-huh. But the judges this time is Cardi B, T.I. Okay. and Chance the Rapper. Okay. So what they're doing, they're trying to find the next biggest rap star from this, from in America. Uh-huh. But like it's done in this, like the production on it's so good. Like they're going to like four different cities, Chicago, New York, um, Atlanta and LA. Okay. And they're looking for the best young talent they can uh, find. That's cool. And it's just giving these people like a chance and uh, an opportunity to be able to. So it's not like America Got Talent where they're coming out on a stage. No, so like they've like they're they've, they find their people or whatever, right. and they've got the opportunity to audition in front of the judges. Oh, okay. So this is just the first stage, man. Like, right. And like they'd be at a club or they'd be at a high school or uh-huh. they'd be at a um, like a, a dream center or whatever. Okay. And they got the opportunity to, to rap in front of their their heroes right okay cool. and it's just like it's very well done it's a new it's a nice take on this whole reality tv show okay. music so okay. give it a watch so it's on netflix rhythm flow cool very cool uh mine is a book called factfulness it's by a guy called hans rosling so he passed away a little while ago but either either his daughter and his son-in-law or his son and his daughter-in-law i'm not sure which way around it goes um they they kind of finished the book um like after he passed, but it was mostly written by him. But it's looking at, he worked for the World Health Organization and did a lot of like data data science oh, okay. work and that kind of stuff. Um, but he's looking at, at why the world isn't as bad as he seems and why the world is actually getting better. And that's something that's huge because you hear so many negative things about the world and yeah. bad things and then people blow political situations up, you know, overhyped. And don't get me wrong, there are so many bad things happening in the world. There's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, as a whole, humanity is trending in, a, in an upwards direction. Um, so, so, so one of the things that, that really stuck out to me, so if I were to ask you, right, I'm going to give you three, three percentages, right? Okay. So the percentage of um, one-year-olds in the world that have been vaccinated in the entire world, entire world, uh, the percentage of kids that have been vaccinated by the, by the, by the age of one, right? Is it 20%, 50%, or 80%? What would your gut instinct tell you? 20%. 20%. It's actually 80%. So 80% of kids in the world that are a year old have had at least one vaccination. Wow. Okay. Right. Okay. And as you're like, oh, I didn't I didn't know that. You yeah. think that people are you know dying left, right, center. Now, certain areas of the world, they are, but as a whole, we're trending upwards. And there's so many different, like he, he does a lot of graphs. He uses graphs and he shows you things like, you know, mortality rates, uh, literacy, uh, amount of women finishing like like schooling all these things awesome. and he looks at all these and it's really it was really encouraging book and again there's a lot of stuff going wrong um, and that's not to take away from that but as a whole we as a society are improving mm-hmm. um, so he talks about a lot of that which is encouraging but he also talks about how we look at data how we look at statistics how things are presented to us um, and, ju- and just how you how you look at things and how you look at the conclusions people come to mm-hmm. so it's really interesting it's a guy called Hans Rosling Hans Rosling Hans Rosling and it's called Factfulness Dope, I like that. Mm-hmm. I picked that up myself on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So man, so that wraps up our Wasteman recommendations. Some pretty, pretty good recommendations. Would you say so myself? Mm-hmm. So that wraps up our second episode of the Wasteman podcast. Number two. We talked about imposter syndrome. You know, we all feel it. We all go through it. Uh-huh. But you know what? Stick Sometimes it, it can be good for you. Exactly. Just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of where you're at. And you know, keep going down your lane. Uh-huh. And you'll boss it out. So let's wrap it up, man. Do you want to say bye? I'm not ready. I'm not ready. (laughs) If you want to to contact us or find some more info, you can find it all in our show notes. Because last time I said something, man, like just straight Mm -hmm. up roasted me on this. We will be back in two weeks' time 
on an yet to be disclosed topic. But exactly. you, you won't want to miss it. Not to be done. See you, bros. Bye. I'm bros. Oh, <laughs> wild now. That's problematic. See ya. Yeah, okay. Are we going to edit that out? Maybe. No, we're going to leave that in. Okay. Okay. Because you saved it just in time. Yeah. Bye.